What's up, guys? Welcome back to Sitting Courtside, episode 23. We are in the GOAT debate, officially. It's the GOAT episode. Dante, how we doing, baby? Jerry, I'm doing good. Uh, ready to talk some NBA hoops, uh, like we talked about a little bit before. Uh, this is the first day of the week that I'm not feeling like shit, because I had a wrestling event this past weekend, and uh, I took a beating. So if you want to check that out, check it out on my Twitter page, so you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. But... I am healed up. I'm ready to go, Jerry, because we have a lot of basketball to talk about. A whole lot of stuff happened this week. You talk about taking a beating. Unfortunately, one coach <laughs> had to take one on the way out the door. Adrian Griffin. Let's just Tough. let's rip off the Band-Aid and just hop right into this thing, man. Yeah. But there's a list of stats I need to I need to throw out here. I mean, the must were 30 and 13 in 43 games, which was the second best record in the league. Very right good behind. record. Very good record. Yep. Right, right behind your Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. They just else? beat us. Be- beat us by 40 less than two weeks ago. It's a it's a little odd. It's an odd situation. And obviously mm-hmm. now we're in, they're in the looks. They're looking for a bunch of different head coaches. Doc Rivers is the main name that's linked to everything. But... <laughs> I love it. I, yeah, love it. I love the NBA, man. It's constant entertainment. It really is. As you can, as I'm sure you've seen already, Twitter is having a field day. Yes, with, they are. With the yes, Doc Rivers. Uh, yeah, you know, they are. There, but... So who's gonna who's gonna call the NBA finals now? Doc Rivers was the best co- was the best color commentator that they had. They're screwed. They have no one now. Conversation for another day. <laughs> but, so, reportedly the front office was actually attending the practices, which is totally normal. Hell, when mm-hmm. I go to Hornets practices, sometimes I see Mitch or the ownership team up in the up in a little glass box, you right. know, just looking down on things. But they were actually on the court, observing practice, seeing what was going on, because Bobby Portis had problems with Griff. Giannis had problems with Griff. Damian Lillard was trying to adjust and sacrifice and adjust to Griffin's system. It was, yep. it's been, there's a lot different reports. So, I mean, before we even keep going into all this, this mess, I just want to get your first reaction and just tell me about how you feel about the firing. Who's going to replace them? Everything. Give me your whole nine. Give me your whole spiel. I mean, we've heard like reports in the past, the last few weeks, the last few months about like, you know, some issues potentially being in the locker room, Adrian Griffin. So this coming out wasn't like, it's not like it was out of the blue as far as like, oh, I didn't know they had any issues, blah, blah, blah. blah. We've heard they've had issues. It is surprising though, that they decided to do it at this point in the season. Like it's not, it's happened before. And a, a lot of people are comparing it to the David Blatt situation in Cleveland with LeBron when they were had a fantastic record, I think very similar to what the Bucks had, and they fired him. Um, you know, things weren't working out well. Players weren't seeing eye to eye. It's uncharacter. It's weird to see a coach get fired, like having these numbers, like 30 and 13, second best record in the NBA. Like they had top five like offensive rating, and, you know, the defensive rating wasn't that good. But, you know, they had good ratings and stuff. Um, but whatever the issue was, coaching – Maybe something behind the scenes. Maybe he's a nasty motherfucker like Ime Odoka. I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe something happened that Whoa. we don't know about. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they did what they had to do. I mean, I'm assuming if it, it had to have been a very good reason to let him go. Um, and, if hey, who was going to replace him? It looks like Doc Rivers. Uh, there was a lot of conflicting reports last night. They were saying, like, oh, they're talking, and then they are like, Doc Rivers hasn't even been contacted yet. 
And then there was a report that said he got hired. And then there's a report that said that they're still negotiating. It seems like it's going to lead to Doc Rivers. It seems like he's going to be the next head coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, we'll see what happens now. But I, I don't know if they get better or worse <laughs> from this. I don't know. I don't know. You just wait and see, I guess. Yeah, that's that's kind of like where where I'm trying to figure things out here. I mean, to, for pe- those who don't know, Adrian Griffin was actually a former NBA player for, I believe, mm-hmm. nine to ten years. Yeah. Then after that, spent 13 to 16 years on the sideline as an assistant. So, you know, getting... It's not, getting, a, it's not no scrub. He no. has experience. He, he has knows, experience. He knows the yeah. game at the highest of levels. He's been around several NBA benches in Toronto and now in Milwaukee. But I don't know his whole coaching track record there. But just in general, just this isn't an idiot. Mm-hmm. This is somebody that just, I think, got dealt a bad hand. And yeah, me saying that is, wow, he had Giannis and Dame. I just think this goes back to what you you mentioned, David Blatt and the LeBron situation. Mm-hmm. First year head coaches shouldn't walk into situations with multiple star personalities. I just a don't lot to handle. It's yeah, it's a lot to handle. You you mentioned the David Blatt. You, if there was a first year head coach in, in LA this year for the Clippers, he he would have he would have given his resignation. Yeah, yeah like it would have <laughs> happened immediately. Yeah, yeah. Like if it's gonna happen, you yeah. should already be ingrained in the system. Yeah, and it should be like a situation where you've been on the coaching staff, like Ty Lue. This should have been, instead of Adrian Griffin, it probably should have been an assistant, like a, an interim coach or something like that for the time just being. Somebody in Milwaukee that just understands personalities, or even if it was Nick Nurse who was also available for a job. This Apparently also, Giannis didn't want Nick Nurse. Right. The yeah, Bucks did, but Giannis didn't. He didn't want Nick Nurse, but that could have been something that made sense. Right, right. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people, uh, we're going back to the jokes and the people having field days. It's like all Adrian Griffin did was suggest that, hey, maybe we uh, find a better role player to replace Thotis on the bench. And and Giannis was like, get this guy out of here. Twitter Twitter is a dangerous place whenever – Whenever I love it though. Come I love it though. There's no short of entertainment. There's no shortage of entertainment on Twitter. That is for damn sure. It's my favorite app, favorite social media for sure. I'll just I'll just make this last point before like I give you back the floor. Sure. Back to the first year head coaches. We mentioned David Black, yeah, several times already. But Steve Nash was another name that comes to mind that shouldn't yeah. have taken a Brooklyn job, although his leash was a whole lot longer. Than what David Bladson, you know, obviously Adrian Griffin here was. KD, Kyrie, and then eventually James Harden just were not, and Ben Simmons, if you want to include him too, were just were not ideal pieces yeah. for a first year head coach to walk into. LeBron, Kyrie, K Love, not ideal. Giannis mm-hmm. and Dane, just, I feel like some coaches need to start off just with a smaller, a smaller roster, a rebuilding process. Like, because, hell. yeah, because I'm thinking like, one example, but like Eric Spolcher with the Heat, like when they brought in the big three, that wasn't a new head coach. Spolcher was already there with Dwayne Wade, so he already was involved in it and stuff like Season. that. Right? Yeah, exactly. ready, ready to take on whatever because he already dealt with Wade, Shaq, Alonzo Mourning, Jason Williams, Gary Payton. He's been around so many guys that by the time yeah. he actually did get the head coaching gig, it didn't matter. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I know I'm built for this. I've seen the worst of the worst. Yes, LeBron is probably the biggest ego slash personality in the NBA, but hell, he weathered that shit like a pro. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. Yeah, they got two of them because of it. 
Yeah, no, I I agree with the whole coach thing. And it's like, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, a guy lost his job. You know, you never want to see that. Yeah. Um, it, to me, it seems like whatever the issue was, it didn't seem like it was an issue like Adrian Griffin didn't know what he was doing. It just probably wasn't what the players wanted. I don't think um, it was expected. Yeah, I, again, it, uh, it's going to be interesting to me to see how this plays out. Cause I don't know if they're going to get better or worse from this. Like people, I've people make their jokes about doc rivers and stuff. It's like, Oh, we, we're winning now because we don't get him on ESPN and the bucks are going to lose in the second round. Now, like doc rivers is a great coach. He's had his flaws and stuff like that, but I don't know what he's going to bring to the table here. Um, I don't know how he's going to coach a player like Giannis, Damian Lillard. Is he just going to be, is he going to take like, you know, a step to the side and, you know, have like the players have a big say? I don't know. I don't know. But it's going to be a, they definitely put a whole lot more eyes and spotlight on them for the rest of the season than than they had before. If you're going to fire a head coach in the middle of the season that honestly done a fantastic job record wise, yeah. mm-hmm. there's probably a disconnect in the locker room. We were Has to be. All that. Has to be. Sure. Yeah. Assuming that's or, true. Or, or, or again, or he just slept with one of the higher-ups' wife. One of the it, two. May, maybe. Uh, I can't put <laughs> past these freaky coaches in today's NBA world. I, you don't I, know I anymore. But <laughs> if you're going to fire a head coach in the middle of the season, it better be a damn good one that's coming back through those doors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't exactly. fire something it's, for nothing. It's a, it's a rotating door. Once one leaves, you got to have another one enter. Yeah. Big, you know, I mean – not, I don't want to say big shoes to fill, but like a lot of you know expectations are there. Big expectations. Because yeah. I mean, think about it. Even though they are thirty and thirteen at the time of this recording, this is the most non-intimidating thirty and thirteen team I've ever seen. Because when I we feel like we don't even now, think like we don't even think like the Bucks are like we know the Bucks are at the top like the Eastern Conference stuff, but people don't talk about them like they're one of the top teams at all. No, I, I don't. I'm not thinking about them like a Boston. I'm not even thinking they're better than Philadelphia right now. I think Philadelphia. You would think you would think the way people are talking about Embiid and the Sixers that they would be better than the Bucks right now. Yeah, I I kind of yeah. think right now if they played a seven game series. It'd be I close. would probably pick Philadelphia. It would be very. Close, well, I might yeah. even pick the Knicks, Miami. I'm taking all <laughs> these teams over them because I'm not really oh. that worried about. Them. Well, Miami, Miami might be a better matchup now, that's for sure. But yeah, hey, high expectations for the Bucks the rest of the season. They they really have to this is a championship or bust for them. That doesn't change. That doesn't change. So we'll see. You know, we already kind of touched on it, especially with what Miami did in the past twenty four to forty eight hours at the time of this January twenty fourth recording. Your boy, my boy, shit. Terry Rose. Our boy traded to the Miami Heat for a first-round pick in 2027 in Kyle Lowry. It's 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 kind of bittersweet for for me personally. It's like I'm sure for you, it's like damn it, like <laughs> this uh, fucking sucks. <laughs> so ha- listen, happy. Uh, it's good for both sides. Charlotte gets a draft pick. They get another veteran player that they could trade as well. Get another pick at it potentially. Likely. And the Heat get. They get their Damian Lillard. They get their Donovan Mitchell. They get their Drew Holiday. They finally get their guy. Um, Terry Rozier is great. We talked about him a few times on the show and during the games and stuff. You even asked me during one of our games last week that unfortunately has not made it out yet, but I still think I'm going to release it, of where these players are going to get traded. You asked Terry Rozier. I said L.A. or Miami. 
Miami was the team to come in and swoop him up. I mean, Lil, uh, Lillard. Rozier is averaging 23 points per game this year, almost four rebounds, almost seven assists a game, 46% field goal shooting. He's having career, yeah. having a career high in year uh, in numbers. Um, Lamelo was out a lot of the year, so Terry was really able to step up and increase his trade value, show teams um, that he's good, man. Um, he's been good for a while. Um, I'm happy for him. Uh, I'm happy that he's going to go to a franchise that, um, you know, gets attention and stuff. And I think people will be able to, you know, his talents will be a little bit more under the spotlight and he'll get a little bit more media attention. He'll get his flowers and stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that he's going to be put into a good situation because he's great. I was so upset when Boston got rid of him. I wanted them to keep him, but that was years ago. So be it. Um, I just really, I just at this point, Jerry, at this point, I don't, I, I just don't want to see Miami in the playoffs. Like it's all, it's already this whole thing with them and the Celtics, right? But then you add everyone here to the mix, and it's just oh, yeah. like it. Someone and it actually is brutal because uh, on my Twitter, uh, I'm not trying to plug it in again, but on my Twitter. Uh, somebody, a, a Heat fan, quote tweeted a tweet from mine from four years ago, and it was me posting a playoff highlight of Terry Rozier crossing up Eric Bledsoe, and he hit the three to give them the lead. Um, I think it was game one or two. Um, and he was like, damn, can't wait for Terry Rozier to do this to Boston to beat them in game five. And that broke my heart. That broke my heart because if Terry Rozier pulls that shit on us in the playoffs, I'm never going to be able to forgive him. Hey. Won't be able to do it. I love Scary Terry. Just don't don't hurt me in the playoffs, please. Yeah, nah. That if, if I'm Scary Terry, that's a game I'm going to get up for in Boston. Circling on the calendar. Uh, well, actually, he's we play them tomorrow. He's made, I'm pretty sure he's making his debut against us tomorrow. See, that's, that's like a, a crazy full circle. Like, obviously, Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've spent the last four to five years of my reporting career covering this dude as soon as the trade happened for him and Kemba. So... Mm-hmm. It's, it's been kind of cool to get to know him over the years. Obviously, COVID derailed some of that, but still seeing him around the building and getting to have some small talk with him. It held even some deeper conversations and context. So it's it's very... Yeah, I know you you text me about this. Yeah. Very bittersweet. Yeah, I'm very indifferent about it. I mean, he was our best player this so far this year with LaMelo missing a lot of time and pretty much generating all the offense. Steve Clifford would tell you, anybody in the organization would tell you that that man was the heart and soul of the roster. So if anybody does deserve the chance to actually go play for a winning organization and fit right in hand in glove fit with an organization that is going to make the most of his talents. And I was talking to my brother about this a couple of days ago when the trade went down. I think that's automatically the best guard since D Wade in the Miami heat uniform. With all due respect to Tyler hero, but there's levels to this, and I just yeah. I'm coming from a stance where he can automatically be a two or two or three option any given night with Bam and Jimmy and Tyler. They mm-hmm. have four guys now that all average twenty points a game, and Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler, along with Terry yeah. Rozier. So, Eric's it's a great addition. A lot of a lot of new. Uh, well, just by adding him, you have a lot of new layers and wrinkles you could throw in an offense now that you have a guy that is a great catch and shoot option, or that could obviously go out and get his own. But mm-hmm. in general, just a general question. Yeah. You already kind of answered it, but how scary does Scary Terry make the Miami Heat? Like, 
We're thinking, what's the ceiling? From here, a number standpoint, from a number standpoint, all for all due respect to Miami, I'd probably say my my levels were at like a six out of ten before this trade. I'll give them that six out of ten. Now, eight point two, eight point three, maybe. <laughs> I'm being serious. Like people, like we were talking. Like they didn't get Lillard. They didn't get Donovan. They didn't get Drew. Right. But they got the guy that Boston had that could very well turn it up against us. This could be the best off, like bang for their buck. Kyle Lowry in a first round pick for someone like Rosier, he's gonna fit right in too. The Heat culture and everything like that with Pat Riley, they're gonna love him. He's gonna be perfect for that team. It's a great fit. It upsets me how happy I am for him because, like, <laughs> I, like he's gonna do great. Like that team, it's 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 perfect. Just I don't let Philly or Milwaukee deal with them first or something. Let them deal with them. You know, I remember like you just kinda unlocking memories for me. Because when I asked Terry, or everybody asked Terry every time Boston used to come back to Charlotte, or they'll go to Boston to go play them, he'll always be like, Yeah, nah, this is definitely playing them, being back here, playing against these guys that I kinda grew up with to some degree. I always want to give him my best shot. Of course. So of course like, he does. Terry had great games in a Charlotte uniform against the Celtics, no matter where he was playing at. Now, just nah. imagine this is the best personnel since he's left Boston. You take it up a notch a little bit. Now, yeah. now you're going to be playing for something. And Terry said since he's been in Charlotte for these last four and a half years, I just want to get back to the postseason. I can't wait. Oh, he'll get there. The oh, he'll get there. He's oh, he'll get there. Year. He'll get there this year. That's for sure. It's a draw matchup. Against y'all? Against the Boston Celtics? In the ECF? Or in the second round? Only God knows how this Eastern Conference is going to fall. So, like, I'm I'm excited. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm happy for Terry. You know, I'm happy I, for Terry. Yeah. I think I said this last week. I was like, or one of the, we were talking about the Celtics. I was like, I've seen enough. I just want to get to the postseason. Like, let's skip over these last forty games. Let's take our time. Let's take our time. We don't have to. We don't have to rush to the postseason. We can take our time. Let's see how things unfold and develop. It's um, great. Yeah, great trade. I mean, again, both sides got what they needed out of it. Um, Charlotte, I'm sure this is not the end. Uh, there's a whole lot of rumors about Gordon Hayward potentially being traded or even bought out. Miles Bridges, PJ Washington. Um, definitely seems like it seems like it's a fire. So, well, hey, listen, you want to stack up on some picks, you get low, you get ready, start to retool and stuff. That's what you got to do. But definitely seems like uh, the, uh, some some guys are going to be uh, some teams are going to be buying some players from the Hornets. This yeah, I mean, we have we have a lot of good assets here in the city that could actually make sense for a lot of other teams. I mean, there are intelligible. Hayward's, yeah. Hayward's going to be a big addition for a team. Yeah. Like our, our uh, uh, bah, damn. Even Lowry, too, whoever gets him. Yeah. Our intelligibles have already been like, like carved out. LaMelo's off the table, Brandon Miller's off the table, and so is Mark Williams. Mm-hmm. That's our big three that we want to keep intact. That's who we want to yeah. grow with. Mm-hmm. But everybody else, you mentioned Gordon Hayward, who's having a pretty solid season. He's just, he is. Again, yeah, like 15, pro. 5, and 5 almost, something like yeah. that. P.J. Washington is one of the better catch-and-shoot shooters in the league. He could be on sale. Miles Bridges is another guy on a very cheap and affordable contract because of the dumb shit that he did last year, obviously. He's he's very affordable. Yeah. So we have legit three pieces that we can see walk out the door. Nick Richards, 
there's even a name that's getting some love to play some backup center for some teams. So I don't know, yeah. like after February 8th, like when the trade deadline hits, I can walk into You're going to be walking into the press room like Will Smith, the last episode of Fresh yeah. Prince when he's yes. looking around, looking for everyone. Yes. <laughs> yes, like, who the hell are you? Well, nice to meet you. I'm Jerry. Like, it's Kyle Lowry. <laughs> what the hell are you doing here? Yeah, like, oh, man. I, like, I, I'm excited as a reporter covering <laughs> the course, team. Of course, yeah. It's, it's kind of finally cool it's to f- see that. They're hitting. finally selling. They're they're accepted. They're doing something. They're doing yeah. something. They're not yeah. going to compete for a championship, for a playoff spot, let alone a playing spot. So let's just go ahead, move these assets, and get some draft capital back. I, I'm happy to see them finally move in this direction. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Hornets fan, but I am a fan of the game, and I cover the fucking team, and we've been bad <laughs> since I started, even before I started. Damn it, the team won seven games last decade. Like... It's oh Jerry, 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 Jerry. I wish you nothing but the best. I think they'll they're hey they're doing the right thing. The Hornets are doing the right thing at the end of the day. Before we right. switch, switch gears here, just last question about this specific yeah. topic. Mm-hmm. Do you think this was the best trade done so far? Terry Rozier to the Heat could very well be you know that's a championship move that gets them to the finals and maybe even puts them over the hump. OG Anubi, Anobi, Anubi, whatever. To Anobi. the Knicks, yeah, whatever. one of them. They're like yeah. nine and one with him in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam to the Pacers. It's not really panning out so hot right now. I think they're like Halliburton. Halliburton's been been iffy. I think he came back, but now he's out for a few more games. Yeah, I, I think that definitely needs a little bit more. I mean, if you look at like, I mean, I think the Raptors Knicks trade. I mean, obviously we have a sample size. Obviously, like, the Knicks made out well in that trade. The Raptors, you know, got some pieces to build around and stuff. So, I mean, that was a great trade. This trade for the Heat, like I just said, um, or like we were saying, this takes them from being a a team. It's like, oh, yeah, like, this is definitely a team that's going to be contending to, oh, my gosh, like, I do not want to face this team whatsoever. So, this trade for the Heat could be just, it could be just as beneficial as it was OG going to the Knicks. Um, We'll just have to wait and see. I believe that it will be as um as um like the heat will get a lot out of it just like the Knicks got a lot out of OG um but we just have to we just have to see yeah the, the heat just now with adding Terry Rozier they're automatically a better team than they were last year cuz it's essentially I agree they replaced Max Struess and Gabe Vincent with Jaime Hawkins and Terry Rozier which is I, yeah I do that I would do that every day of the yeah. week for sure yeah. so yeah there'll be a They will be a tough team to face at some point. Yeah. Speaking of tough teams to face, how about some tough players to probably guard one-on-one? Of course, everybody watching this knows that we had to get this on this topic. Come on. You kidding me? Embiid dropped 70, followed up by a Carl Anthony Town 62-piece. But Embiid's came in a win over the Spurs and Wimby, and... Carl Anthony Towns and the Timberwolves lost to the Charlotte Hornets. One of the worst teams in the league. but Bad loss, too. Bad, bad loss. Yeah, you hear the interviews and the players talking after. Let's get one at a time. Let's yeah. let's tackle one player at a time. I, I also want to point this out, okay? So that the night that this happened, the Celtics were playing the Dallas Mavericks. I turned that game off, and I put on league pass, and I double-boxed it. And I had Embiid and Towns and the other one. Because I, I had to watch this. Embiid? 
I did. Embiid, bro, I don't know if you were watching the game, Jerry. He actually couldn't miss. Like, there was a point in the fourth quarter where they were up 13, I think. And it was the one play that, like, Embiid didn't touch the ball. Like, he was open at the top of the key, but they were passing around for, like, and they got an open three. The Philly fans were booing the fuck out of them whenever they weren't passing it to Embiid. They were they wanted them to feed Embiid the ball. Yes. 70 points, man. That's a lot. That's a lot of points for a big man, too. No threes or nothing like that. That's insanely impressive. Like, you have, like, you know, We've had the Damian Lillard, the Donovan Mitchells, and Devin Booker, so 70-point performances over the years. Hell, you can even talk about Kobe's. It was the anniversary. We can talk about Kobe's 81 if you want. Yeah. All those performances, they hit threes and stuff like that. That's a part of the game. And Bede getting 70 by just taking, like, mid-range, free throw, shots in the paint, that was one of the craziest performances I've ever seen. Like with my own two eyes, unguardable. And then, it, it, then, and then here I am posting a short last night where the question is, who's the most unguardable player in the NBA? And here I am saying Kevin Durant and Joel Embiid just dropped seventy. So you know that that's that's, that's fine. You then you added it after saying it would, you would pick Embiid. So you were right. You you were yeah you were valid. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. Embiid, fucking crazy dude. So I mean, crazy. This is the definition of like a supernova, right? Like, I think we we've kind of speculated since we've seen Wilson hundred point game. Obviously, we weren't born because there's still no film on that, by the way. But getting, I won't believe it until I see it. Honestly, low key. But getting then we simulate to 2006, right, or 2005, mm-hmm. whatever it was with Kobe. Kobe's 81 is like, damn. I wonder who will be the next closest guy. Then last year we get two guys drop 71. Or a couple years even back, you, you get Devin Booker doing it. Then you get yeah. Reed doing it. It's just the game is in such a great place today where we can see offensive explosions like this probably any given night. But when it's a big man, like you mentioned, you already basically took all the words out of my mouth that I wanted to put out here. Primarily twos. Just yeah. eight touches. I, yeah. I, this, is, this is the definition of a specimen that you just don't know what the fuck to do with them on the court. And that's like, as there's a nothing defense, you can do. There's as, as Wemby, like, talk about a coming to the NBA moment. Like, yeah, welcome to the NBA. NBA. You go up against the MVP dropping fucking 70 on your head. Are you nuts? And, and in Wemby's defense, he did drop 33. He did. He had a good, I mean, it was a good game. They only won by 10. Game. Yeah, it was, it was, a it was great actually game. fairly competitive. It was. It was. Most of the game. So, I mean, you know, it's just this, this is just what we live for as NBA fans. And B shot two threes. Not sorry to interrupt you. And B shot twenty four no, for forty one. One for two on threes. Twenty one for twenty three from the free throw line. And he had seventy points, eighteen rebounds. He almost had twenty. He almost was added to the twenty twenty list, and then five assists. Crazy. That's a like really this, fucking good game. This is what we're here for. But you know, sticking on Embiid while we kind of move things along here, just. Do you think he'll repeat his MVP? And I'm only okay. asking this because we know his numbers are better. More points, mm-hmm. more rebounds, more assists, more more blocks. But obviously we have the, the new quote of games that you have to play with the new CBA. You have to play yeah. at least 65. And he's played over 65 the past two seasons. But oh, he's cutting it close this year. I think really? he can only miss seven or eight games the rest of the season. I mean, we're looking at – so I'm actually happy you brought that up because I pulled up the graphic – 
He's averaging three more points than last year. Three full. So his numbers this year are 36.1 points per game, 11.6 rebounds per game, 5.9 assists per game, and 1.9 blocks per game. All of those numbers are higher by at least one. The rebounds are up. The points are up by three. The rebounds are up by one and a half. The assists are up by almost two. And the blocks are up by a little bit. But all the numbers are better. And he's having these unbelievable performances like we're talking about right now. But if he misses a few more games, he isn't eligible for anything. MVP, All-NBA, none of that. Um, Listen, if he... He's the MVP. Let's get that out of the way. There is no player in the NBA right now better than Joel Embiid. No player. But if he misses the games, he he can't win it. He can't, if if he plays the games, he's he's winning it. I don't think that, I don't think that's going to be close. You know what? Let's let's ask that question. Mm-hmm. Forget it. Forget I even asked it. All right, forget it. Yeah. Let's you, ask, what would you ask? Let's ask. Do you think that this rule is even beneficial? Because now we're at a point where guys like this, guys like Embiid, guys like Kawhi, even though he's played a majority of the games this season so far, but him and PG have a track record of missing games. Anthony Davis even playing a lot Mm -hmm. more games this year. There's a lot more consistency coming out of these NBA stars, but do you think it's even valid? Because now we're talking about guys missing all NBA teams. Well, Mm -hmm. that means they're missing out on money if they don't make an all NBA team. That Mm -hmm. means if they fail to win an award or get this certain accolade, they're missing out on potentially $30 million. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah, how do you feel bad. about this rule in general? Because I think we talked about it when it happened in the summertime. Mm-hmm. But yeah. here now, it's more real. It's in our face that this is the best player in the game mm-hmm. right now. And that is proving it. We could see another back-to-back MVP for the third for the third time. <laughs> But just talk to me about the rule in general. Just how do you feel about that shit in general? Because it's kind of annoying. I think I feel the same way now that I did when it happened. Like, I get it. I get what they're trying to do. And in a way, it's working. Like like you just mentioned, all those guys are playing more games and stuff like that. But I, it's, it's, it's un, it can be unfair to players that, like, that aren't resting and like are missing time due to injury. And like how I look at things like this is like how it goes against how they've always done things. So it's like, we've had MVPs in the past, all these awards and stuff of guys that have only played an X amount of games, but now it's like, we're changing in a way we're changing the course of history where it's like, we're not going to be giving the best player the award. If he's missing, if he's missing 17, 18 games in the season. Um, And, like, I get it. Like, and there should be some sort of, like, requirement. But I – and I said this when it happened. I think 65 games is too um, too small. of an, Like, it should be, like, 60 or something like that. Even five extra games or something like that. Um, I thought the number was a little bit too much. Um, and I still do think that now. And as we're getting closer, you know, people were complaining about that back then. If it actually does happen this year where Embiid doesn't win it, people are going to be like, obviously Philadelphia fans are going to be pissed, but people are going to be enraged. People are going to be pissed and rightfully so. Like, I think that's kind of like, you know, Embiid missed some games this year for, you know, whatever reasons and stuff. Um, I'm sure he wants to win the MVP. I'm sure he wants to be out there playing for his team. So when he is out there, he's dropping 70 points. Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the rule. I'm a, I'm a fan. I, I don't mind the fact that they're trying to put like, again, requirements and stuff, but, 
it's flawed. I, I think they need to change some stuff eventually. Yeah, like some, something's got to give here because I get it. Iron men should be ex- respected in this league. If you're playing all 82 or if you're playing 70 plus, yo, shout out to you. That shit is hard. You're playing yeah. back-to-backs. You're playing about five games a week or whatever it is. Like, and, and that should yeah. play a part into like MVP voting and stuff like yeah. that. But I don't I think that's the end-all be-all, the amount of games that you play. Because also, too, and I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's like Embiid is going to be like, if Embiid misses two games, two extra games, he doesn't win the MVP. People are going to look at this like Joel Embiid's the MVP. Who's going to be the, uh, the not the fake MVP, but the runner-up MVP? Like, it's going to be like a Mickey Mouse MVP or something like that. Yeah. People will say that yeah. stuff. That It will happen. You know, you know it's coming. I mean, that's... It will, 100%. Look, look at how they're reacting over the Doc Rivers situation. If they're reacting mm-hmm. like that over that, they're going to blow up out of damn near... A thousand percent. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just... I mean, to piggyback off of what you're saying, it's to the point now where we can clearly see... And I think unless you just don't like Joel Embiid or if you just... You're super pro Jokic, and a lot of people already penciled him in as the greatest big ever after last year. Sure. You have to be blind to not see that Embiid <laughs> is playing at the best, the highest yeah, level. Yeah, it's, right it's not it's even close. I love Jokic, and I would love the whole head-to-head thing again, but this year, out of all the years that they've gone, like, uh, head-to-head, this yeah, is no. by far the furthest, like, distance between the, the two. Embiid is by far clearly the MVP this year. There is no one close. No one close. No. And, and I hate know. Philly. And I, you know me. I don't like Philly. I'll be out. And I'm telling you, like, he is by far the best player. Easily. It also probably seems a little easier on the eyes to me now because what sells tickets to scoring the basketball. Jokic does all the all, everything. But mm-hmm. Embiid is not only scoring the ball at an efficient rate and obviously a fuck ton. He's also doing all the little things that people said he couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Which is really just the playmaking aspect. Averaging six assists a game for that's a impressive for 36, 36 points per game too. Insane, on, insane. We've never seen anything like it in our lifetime, at least. Yeah, this is our this is our wilt our wilt season. He is. <laughs> it really. Still, this this is our what wilt. It's still off by about fifteen boards and about twenty points. But this but is our wilt season. <laughs> this is the closest we'll get. We gotta appreciate it. Take what we can get. As for our other complimentary big man, a part of this mm-hmm. program, a part of this topic, Carl Anthony Towns, sixty-two yep. man, but it felt it felt different than the seventy. You know, fell it's, flat. It felt I, flat. Obviously, I was watching the game I, mm-hmm. as is my job, and uh, seeing seeing the Hornets get lit up wasn't fun. But there was there was a point in time that the Hornets were down by eighteen points, mm-hmm. but I just never really felt like they were out of the game. Looking at the Spurs game, just like you, I had them boxed off in the league pass. I'm watching both side by side. Just like you, watching the Sixers and the Spurs game, it felt like there was an avalanche just forming. That even though they were only down by 10, the Spurs were only down by 10, you guys weren't getting back in this game. You're good. Mm-hmm. Like, stay yeah. down there, little bro. Yeah. But looking at the Wolves and, and the Hornets play. Just the, the way the Wolves theme, are playing, you can yeah. tell. You can tell. The reoccurring theme for the Timberwolves, even though they do have the best record out West, is that they too, they do let teams back in games. Sometimes they close them out successfully. Other times they fail to actually shut the door all the way. That was the Celtics last year, baby. They're yeah. learning. And that's mm-hmm. a problem with probably a majority of the young teams in the league, including a team like OKC. 
that mm-hmm. fails to close games out sometimes. And the, the Wolves are in that same bracket where obviously they run up the scoreboard, they get a big lead. If the bleed doesn't last until the third quarter going into the fourth, you're in trouble. And that's what happened. Down by 18, Brandon Miller got hot. Lamella Ball made some some plays, and so did Miles Bridges. And shout out to Terry Rozier, his last game as a Hornet. They <laughs> came away with some big moments in that game. There you go. Good way to go out. And plus, lastly, before I hand you the hand you the mic here, just he was getting force fed. He was. It yeah. wasn't within the flow of the offense. Yeah. It wasn't actually natural. It was to the point where Anthony Edwards is being passive. And guess what, man? You're still the best player. Dude, on the you're team. the best player on the team. Yeah. You're just having a good night. <laughs> but yeah. hey, don't get it twisted. This shit runs through me. But yeah, just your thoughts and opinions on what you saw out of that game. Yeah, I mean, kind of the same as you. It's like he had 44 points at half. Um, most I ever. started watch. Yeah, I, I yeah, most ever. I started watching it midway through the second half, and then I think he had 18 in the first. 22 in the second, or it was like 22 in the first, 22 in the second, 18 in the third, and then like four points in the fourth quarter or something like that. Anthony Edwards said after the game, he's like, we were like, we want, like from the get-go, they weren't locked in. He goes, we saw him hit his first few and we wanted to see him get 100. So the game plan was already out the door. They weren't playing Timberwolves basketball. Like you said, he was being passive. They just were letting Cat score, which is like, I get it. He's going off and everything like that. Um, but at the end of the game, you're trying to win a basketball game. And it's like, if... Against one of the worst teams in the league. Against one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, yeah, you're one of the best teams against one of the worst teams. It's like, you if you presented this scenario to 90 to 100 people about... Carl Anthony Towns is this many points going to the fourth quarter, the number one seed versus the the one of the bottom tier teams or whatever. Uh, 99 and a half out of those 100 people are going to tell you I think the Timberwolves are going to f- close out that game. Yeah, um, yeah they just – listen, uh, you, want it, you want history. You like seeing your teammates go off. You want to score as many points as you can. That's great. But at the end of the day, you got to get the win. So, um, still impressive. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I want to – he shot 20 for 27, 17 for 24. For 24 out of his 27 shots for threes. I did. Okay. Yes. Um, that. Oh, wait. Hold on. That might be a – hold on, hold on. I have a different stat. Oh, no. Here we go. Different stat line. He had shot 10 for 15 from three. I was looking at a, a different one. But still, very impressive. Um, yep. but, you need, but you need the win. You need the win. That's it's, it. That's all it their, is. It's their biggest concern just – Again, like super good, super talented young team that have mm-hmm. serious trying to talk to me right now, but that have like <laughs> everything going right for them this season. The Timberwolves dug out the basement and they're like a bona fide playoff lock. They just they don't close games that well. And yeah, especially you know what you remember what Tatum said. Any team could beat you on any given night on a Monday night in Charlotte. That doesn't mean you take the day off. That's right. We pulled up today, That's career. Right. Cat had sixty two. Cool story, bro. Hold the sale. You still lost. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, people aren't going to, I mean, people will remember this for a little bit, but they won't. It's not going to be, it's not going to be a 70 point uh, performance and a win. That's for right. sure. And like just comparing the two, like, cause I had it side by side in the fourth quarter and Bede was passing the ball. Yeah. The Sixers were still at least doing, like I said, they were booing them, but they were at least doing plays for other guys. The Timberwolves were, they weren't doing yeah. that. They weren't doing that. So that's the difference. Just like Devin Booker's 70-point game. You did great. Oh, don't even get me started with that, Jerry. 
Don't even get me started with that. Some most <laughs> love Devin Booker, but absolute BS. Seventy point game, absolute BS. All right. Yep. Our last topic here that we just need to touch on very quickly. Not really too much to <laughs> yeah. say. Really, just what the hell are you doing, man? Tristan Thompson suspended for twenty five games, and I don't want to butcher this for using I Ibutamorin and Saram LGD forty thirty three. Basically, performance enhancing sure. drugs to boost testosterone, muscle growth, and recovery. So I just want to uh, put out a few tweets um, that I saw because this is just this is comedy. Um, someone goes, Tristan Thompson's taking steroids for th- uh, 33 and one stat line is insane. And then someone goes, <laughs> NBA saw bro drop four points and said, ain't no way we got to test this guy. I don't know why he, he of all people, why is he taking anything? What is he? He, he barely plays. I can't even, I don't even, I can't believe he's still on a team right now. He was fucking talking about games a few months ago. Now he's playing. I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. I don't care. It's just, it is funny because he's a cheater. So it's like he is always cheating on something on the court, off the court. The dude, he can't stop cheating. He loves it. He's addicted to it. Addicted to cheating. Hey, just like Chris. I don't know. What the, is this career over? Like, is this it? Like, is this the last we see of Tristan Thompson? Honestly, literally, I added this block into the show. Really. I thought we saw the last of him like two years ago on the Celtics. This, this, he's only 32? He's only 32. Oh, wow. He's not even like crazy. This is old. literally only put on the show for comedic relief. I don't mean to laugh at another man's expense. This is script. This is part of the NBA script. Yes. But it I don't is. mean to laugh really at another is. man's expense. Like, you know, it sucks. No, offended, no, no, no. This is also very much self-inflicted, like a lot of the other shit that's happened in your life, Tristan. Yeah, for sure. This, yeah. this is kind of, it's kind of dumb. You, you got an NBA contract to sit on a bench and chill, basically, and provide veteran leadership to a young team yeah. in Cleveland. Yeah, he should be grateful that he's on a team. <laughs> Seriously. Come on, man. Oh, my God. That's all. Yeah. That's, well, That's all I got for today, man. I think I think we're all good here. You have any parting shots or anything you want to put out there? Um, any parting shots? Um, you know what? I think I do have a parting shot, Jerry. Okay. I don't usually come out like this to close it, but I do. Um, Draymond Green, <clears throat> I think he's very hypocritical of what he said about Kevin Durant, apart about being a part of the GOAT conversation. When he's the one, when he's the one that Begged Kevin Durant to come to Golden State, and now he's turning it right back around on him, holding that against him. Draymond, shame hey, on hey, you. you know, shame on you. I'm not you saying know. KD's the go. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But man, that's a shitty. That's a you really bad excuse. Where why his not. loyalties lie? It is not with the Slim mm-hmm. Reaper. It is with that light skinned mm-hmm. brother that put four rings <laughs> in his pocket. Okay, <laughs> that's that's where Draymond's loyalty lies. Yeah, of course, that's his go. That's his go. Him and LeBron. I, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> the floor is yours. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Kevin Durant. I, I don't. Kevin Durant isn't in the goat conversation for me. I I'm a firm believer. I believe that when it's all said and done, he can be he can be snuck into that top ten all time list. Um, but. I, I, he doesn't have enough to his resume to be in that GOAT conversation. That, that, that I believe that. But I just thought Draymond's 
reasoning for him not being in the GOAT conversation was a little I'm I'm a, I'm a little shocked. Bit. I'm actually a little shocked that that Draymond didn't give him more. He would even say something, honestly. Yeah, or if he was going to speak. Or a little bit more, more defensive and, towards Kevin Durant. Yeah, like it'll be more positive. It'll be something to probably sure. boost up his former teammate. But Right. It's like, yeah, you know, like yeah, maybe he is in that conversation, but I just don't know if he stacked up with like the LeBron's and MJ's. You can say that. Yeah. You can say you that. Know, in terms uh, of resume, like you just mentioned, it's it's not up there with Steph Curry's. I'm not saying Draymond was wrong, but it's just kind of like mm-hmm. hilarious. The fact that you're not this yeah. is the dude you begged, apparently, you called him to come to Golden State after you lost. In your car, yeah. yeah like, come yeah, on, man. Like yeah. Draymond just keeps he keeps digging himself into a deeper hole. That's all it is. Welcome back, Dre. Welcome back, Dre. And uh I think welcome back, Dre, and I think Sayonara to everyone else watching this episode. I think that is uh that is it for episode twenty three of the Sitting Court Side. The Draymond, yeah, the goat, yeah, the goat episode, the Draymond Green episode. Uh, like always, thank you guys so much for watching. Please make sure to like and subscribe if you are on YouTube. Check out all the other videos on this platform in our shorts as well for our gamified videos. If you are listening to this on audio platforms, please make sure to leave a rating, like all that stuff to help us out. Um, check us out on YouTube if you're on audio. If you're on YouTube, listen to audio all that stuff. You can follow us on our personals that are on the screen below. You can follow Sitting Courtside on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Just look us up. We are on there. And I think I think that's all I got, Jerry. So yeah. No. Till episode 24, the Mamba episode. We'll see you next week. Go Ravens. Peace out.